like the first time I got in the elevator, it smelled like maple syrup. And then another time I got in and there was like a weird, like, like, you know, they pipe in music. And for the most part, like, it's pretty standard. Nothing like super like elevatory. But then one time it was like a fucking rave in there. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then at like 945 in the morning on the very, very first day, um, I was waiting for the elevator and some woman like down the hallway next to the elevator was having an incredibly good morning. It was very loud. And like, I want it like, of course I'm a pervert. And I was like, which room is that? Who's there? <laughs> um, but then, but then haunted elevator came um, and, and everything was fine. Question. Yeah. Are you sure the maple syrup wasn't loop? I am not. <laughs> I am not sure of that. Wait, what? <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to May We Geek Again. My name is Shaheen your host today, and I am joined today by my always loyal co-host who always puts up whoa, my bullshit, <laughs> Joe. Hello. I was actually wondering if you were going to pick me or Bubs on that one. <laughs> I was like, that sounds nice. <laughs> and our very regular, practically a host guest, Bubs. I'm a host guest. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> So we're talking about The Expanse today. Um, we're continuing our rewatch of season three. And today we're going to talk about episodes seven and eight. But we'll get to that. Um, well, you can find us on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud under Maybe Geek Again. And we're on Twitter um, at Maybe Geek Again and uh, Facebook. And you can email us at uh, Maybe Geek Again at gmail.com. We'll be happy to respond to you. And so, yeah, what is everyone drinking? Uh, are you drinking today, Pops? I am, despite being hungover. <laughs> Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> is that unusual? Is that, I feel like I hear that. <laughs> Shane just called you a drunk. <laughs> um, I don't guess, I haven't been like going out super hard this year. So, I mean, it's sort of unusual. It's January. <laughs> this year, meaning like in the past three weeks. <laughs> okay, anyway, what I'm drinking, um, uh, it's called The Pass. It's a Sauvignon Blanc from Marlboro, New Zealand, and it is delicious to the point where I went back to Trader Joe's and bought like six more bottles because when I went there, like, it looked like they didn't have any left. So I, like, took all the ones that they had. But then I realized that, like, someone had just put other bottles in front of their bottles. So I think someone else liked it, too, and was trying to hide them. <laughs> but it backfired <laughs> because I just bought more <laughs> out of panic. Anyways, it's awesome. <laughs> um So I'm drinking microwave tea because... Uh, <gasps> Savage. Yeah, I mean, because I'm in Arizona. Um, speaking to you from Arizona... Tucson. So, yeah, I don't have my own, you know, whole setup to make... You didn't travel with your 14-foot-tall tea. tea thing? Yeah, I didn't bring my semovar or whatever. Didn't so. Jen find an article that said microwave tea is better, actually, because I don't of remember what it does that. to the tea? I did oh, like know that. Wait, I'm curious. Do you microwave the water first and then put the tea in, or do you, like, put the tea in and then microwave it? 
usually if the tea bag is new, I uh, microwave the water and then put the tea bag in. But if it's the second time I'm using it, yeah, mm. I do that. Um, then I put it in from the beginning because you know I feel like that way you'll have more time to seep. But I yeah I <laughs> I love it when the water comes to a super hot state. Have you ever done that? Like boil? Have I ever boiled water? No. So <laughs> a super hot state is when the water reaches or any liquid reaches a temperature higher than the boiling point, but it doesn't boil until it's disturbed. So when you get oh, is this like how people like do like that rapid freezing of water, where if you like yeah, super cool water and pour yeah. it out, it'll freeze as you pour it. Right. So it but can happen like both ways. There's also a super cold state. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's. It needs just to be disturbed just a little bit, and then it will. The chain reaction will start. So you take it out of the microwave, and it, it, the water is calm. But as soon as you put the tea bag in, it starts boiling all over the place. Is this um, only something you do with like distilled water? Like how? Do, I can't remember. It has to be like if it's not the water is not pure enough, it won't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I said, it needs to be structurally disturbed a little bit, and so if there's little grains inside of it, they will do it. But, I mean, this is, I get it from the fridge, so it can't be that clean, but it's clean enough, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. Cool, Good British cool tea story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, what about you, Joe? I am also drinking tea. Microwave? Um, no, we have a kettle, so, well, but, like, it's an electric kettle. Um, my same, girlfriend got it for difference. me for a few years ago. Huh? Using a tea bag, is that, that's what it comes down to. Oh yeah, no, I'm using a tea bag. Okay. But so here's the thing. Um, Macy's, you know those, you know those like holiday crates like full of like bougie snacks that are way overpriced and so you never buy them? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I found some online at Macy's and they used to be seventy dollars. Seven fucking zero. I was like, <laughs> you are crazy pants. Um, but they were marked down to seven dollars. Um <laughs> I know, I know. So I ordered some, and one of the uh, one of the things in the crate was this gingerbread tea or whatever that mm. just is. I don't know. It's just sort of sort of gingery spice, like rubos is rubios. I don't know. I don't remember how you pronounce that, but that sort of tea. It's okay. I am glad I did not pay seventy dollars <laughs> um, for this crate. But but so I ordered three of them because I'm going to give one to my mom and like I don't know, eat the snacks out of the other one. Um, but the crates that they came in are like heavy like macy's lost out on shipping on this one like they shipped like it came in a huge box so well packaged and like this crate is like a wooden fucking crate of each like for each one so i don't know maybe we'll do like a craft project for it point is i'm drinking tea um to deal yeah. with uh like hopefully not coughing too much on this pod since i am slowly um getting over my con crud mm. Mm. uh what's a con crud Concred. <laughs> Thank you for that that little uh, t-ball setup. Uh, it leads us perfectly into us talking about Unity Days, um, which Shaheen, you will allow our listeners to fast forward by telling them the time that yeah, they can jump so to. So we're gonna talk about Unity Days. If you're here to um, listen to a podcast about the Expanse, you can skip to twenty minutes and thirty seconds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
very high tech here. Um, so con crud is the thing that you get. You don't always get it, but it's basically when you're at um, like a, a fan convention of stuff. Um, most of us are basement hermit dwellers who are not used to exposing our immune systems to all of the other grossness of other people. And so, you know, you're out late, you're hanging out with people, it's close quarters, you're like surrounded by all of these people touching things, whatever. Um, and so usually you come home and you have what is known as con crud, which is just some sort of like icky sickness or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm slowly getting over that. But um, Bob's and I are here to talk to you guys uh, briefly about Unity Days, which just happened uh, a couple of weeks ago in Vancouver, um, run by Unity Events Canada. Um, and this is the third year. They say it's the final year. They said Unity Days 2 was the final year. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we'll, we'll have a UD4 or, or as more and more UD4 as uh, Sachin um, led the group in a chant over. He is a big proponent of Unity Days. Um, but it is a fan convention um, in Vancouver. They are able to get pretty much all of the cast, um, which is sort of rare for a con um, because they are there filming. And so, you know, they are able to, to work with, with the cast members and, you know, get them to come for one or both of the days uh, and do panels and, um, you know, meet and greets and photos and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, we, we'd like to give a quick little recap um, since we since maybe Geek Again was fortunate enough to get press passes for it. Um, Bubs, what was your sort of take of, of Unity Days as a fan at the convention? Um, I guess, well, this is my third Unity Days. I've been to all of them. Um, I think last year I was overwhelmed because from the first year to the second year, um, it grew a lot. And so it was, there were so many people. Um, but this year I feel like I knew. To, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Which, speaking of, Erica Sarah was there this year oh and she God. was amazing. Go ahead though. We'll talk about Erica. In a oh. Minute. Yeah, um, no, it was amazing. It was, I think it was, they, this year, it's always been organized, but I feel like this year they really, like, had it down. <laughs> um, and so I, I do feel like if they wanted to do it again, it wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, it was really fun. Um, it was nice seeing people that I've met through at, at the other cons and everything. Um, obviously, the actors are always a delight. They're lots of personality um like joe said erica sarah was like a surprising highlight this is the first one she's been to um i think and yeah she, she i think so at least a hundred like she hasn't been to any other unity days for sure she's hilarious she is filthy like she has a potty <laughs> mouth she is stunningly beautiful in person and she just kind of like works the room yeah mm. yeah dude when do we get erica on the podcast <laughs> She's too cool. I, I will, I, you know, maybe, I, I have no idea. Um, but she, uh, she spilled, I wouldn't say she spilled much tea, um, <laughs> but you could definitely tell that she wanted there to be more Allie and Becca, which I don't think anyone was against. Um, yeah. I thought, so, when she was asked on stage um, if there would be more Allie, because it did seem like in season five, we see her getting burned at the stake, and... That's that's it. Like, yeah. Um, she's like, I. This isn't a spoiler, but I can't say. <laughs> and I was like, What the fuck does that mean? But it, it made me think like, there's like a good possibility. Yeah, like maybe we'll get even more Becca flashbacks. Or she like said something cryptic about like maybe Becca wasn't actually burned at the stake, and we were like, 
But like at the same time, this con, they did not like last year, they kind of gave us, all right, here's what you can expect in season five, but we're not going to spoil too much this year. They would not talk about a fucking thing. Uh, like, yeah, they, the only thing that we got is maybe Erica Sarah is fucking with us, or maybe we'll get to see Becca and Allie again. And I think, um, we're going to get some possible echo backstory, but again, like all of this with a grain of salt, because yes, bubs, your grumbles are noted. Um, <laughs> I mean, given the connection between the, uh, Eligius ship and the Becca company, um, there's a good chance that there's some trace of yeah. Becca on the new planet. So for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but again, we just didn't get much information. Even the props guys who I was able to like, con out of them last year that their favorite prop was bigger than a bread box. Um, they were not giving um, any any sort of hints about that. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, it was moderated, uh, Saturday was moderated by um, Selena Wilkin and Yana, I'm so sorry, I'm not even going to try to butcher your last name right now, um, to written reviewers of, of the pop, of about the hundred. And then Sunday was actually moderated by the ladies of Metastation, uh, Aaron and Claire. Um, everyone did a great job moderating. Um, Aaron and Claire, instead of doing too many like sort of questions, because we couldn't really get too much out of the actors, like they were just not allowed to talk about season six. They actually played uh, sort of acting games with them where they drew a hundred, like a line from the hundred out of a hat and then uh, a method of delivery. Um, and so it was actually like super fun because it was just kind of the cast getting to like play I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Paige Turco was there, um, like, which I think that was her, like, she had never been to a Unity Days before. Um, Lola Flannery, uh, this was her first con ever, um, and she did an amazing job. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, we didn't learn anything. Everyone was nice. It was super fun to talk, um, you know, getting to just, it was kind of just a lot of it was seeing the cast and stuff like that, but a lot of it was also, like, seeing your internet friends. Yeah, seriously. We spent a lot of time in a suite um, playing games and drinking and eating and eating and eating. Um, <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> I yeah. had, like, I had a really, really good time, and I, I feel like last year I did feel, like, there was a time when I was in line for Marie, and I was sitting there for an hour. This was Sunday. And I was just like, I felt so overexposed. I'm like, I'm being weird. I'm being so weird. I can't even be in this conversation. Oh, my God. And I can't escape. I've been in this line for an hour. I can't leave now. It's been too much time. And like, it was just like devolved into this like, like, I've never had a panic attack. But I'm like, if that's probably the closest I've ever come to having a panic attack. Um, but... I mean, yeah. I, and it, there was like another thing I wanted. You to did not me. have a panic attack. Did you talk about being time. on? Yeah, not at all. Um, but did you talk about being on a panel yourself? Oh shit! I forgot. Um, so, <laughs> so I was on a panel, and um, you did awesome. Thank and it you. It was a really fun panel. <laughs> um, it was the meta panel um, with uh, the ladies from Aficionados, and uh, and Claire was there, and Aaron stopped by, and. Uh, Brittany was there as well. Like, these are all, you know, if you're familiar with 100, like, you, you've you read their reviews, listened to their podcasts and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, we did a panel, you know, kind of discussing uh, our process. And and I think what sort of sets apart May We Geek again that I, that I like to touch on is that, like, we're a podcast that disagrees often mm-hmm. um, about things. And that's the fun of it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, and I will say that my my absolute highlight of Unity Days this time was getting to ask um, uh, Tasia and and Sachin were both who play uh, Echo and and Jackson uh, were were on stage, and I got to ask them about uh, consequential versus intentional uh, ethics and morality. Mm-hmm. And they, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was for you, Shaheen. And and Sachin was very like immediately. You know, all that all that matters is the intent. It doesn't matter if something bad happens. Like as long as my heart was pure, like in what you know, in what I intended. Mm-hmm. And Toss was like, "Hmm." And they sort of like she like kind of poked a few holes in this. Mm-hmm. And then there was a moment where they just kind of started bickering back and forth and like debating. And then they both paused and looked and realized that I had sucked them into one of our traps. <laughs> and it was a delight. Um, and and Tasia was like, "Do you do you watch The Good Place?" And I was like, "Fun fact: If if you know if we do we do have Stoner Cheaty on on our podcast, not to brag. <laughs> I tried to I tried to co- you know nudge her into coming on. I'll do it again um, at Con again because this is a, a lovely segue to say that we are also getting press passes. We I say we because Shaheen will actually be there. I'm Ooh, saying this exciting. and putting it into the universe." Um, we will be at Conageddon, uh March 15th through the 17th um, in Boston. Um, I think that there are still some passes available. Don't quote me on that. Um, and that is a con that will be moderated by Joe Garfine, who was not ha- there this year for Unity Days, but she will be at Conageddon. Um, so come to Boston over, I guess it's, is it St. Patrick's weekend? I think that's when it is. So it it's is? just going to be a shit show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Shit, I'm going to book my hotel now. <laughs> <laughs> you should probably do that. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's kind of our con news. Um, back to our regularly scheduled programming, unless you have any questions, Shaheen. Oh, we didn't complain about that they didn't talk about season six, did we? Did I miss it? Uh, I think I bitched about that. Uh, okay. They did um, not talk about season six, I will say that. We got, like, so little. Um, yeah. But it was, that, it was fine. <laughs> it's fine I'm fine everything's do fine. you have any questions Shaheen or anything that you would like to add um I don't think so I mean my question my main question was when you got to ask this question about intentional versus versus consequential when what context is this did people get to ask the cast oh questions? yeah so, so each panel, the way that it was set up is theoretically, usually, um, the moderators, you know, have a couple of questions that they, that they ask the cast, and then they usually turn it over to audience Q&A. And mm-hmm. what had happened was this, this panel, they'd usually been running a pretty tight ship because actors had to get to, you know, um, lunch meet and greets or like photos or autographs or whatever. So usually they were hustled out pretty quickly. Um, but uh, Tasia and, and um, Sachin didn't have anywhere else they needed to be. Um, so they just kind of hung out on stage for a while. So like a lot of people got to ask questions and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Um, I asked the marshmallow question that we usually ask, which is, uh, you know, what your character, are they, a you know, slow and brown or flaming hot marshmallow kind of person? Cause the cast seems to enjoy that question. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's, let's, let's ask a little bit, you know, more may we geek again style. And so it was just fun to like trick them into getting into like a three or four minute debate on this. Um, and yeah, like it was, it was, it was really fun. And, uh, Tassie even said like, she loves talking about this sort of stuff. So I'm going to see if I can corner her, um, at, uh, Conageddon in a non-creepy fashion. Um, and, and see if <laughs> I can, with that. <laughs> I'd, I'd love, wait, are you just saying that I can't not be creepy? Um, no, you can, you, you're good at not being creepy. <laughs> 
No, it's fine. It's fair. Um, yeah, to see to see if maybe we could we could get her to to come on. But um, you know, no guarantees on that though. If any of our listeners you know happen to happen to schmooze with uh, Tasia, um, you know, feel free to put in a good word. Um, but yeah, yeah, we I just asked it as part of a of a Q and A. Um, all right, so yeah, that's that's Unity Days and Conageddon in the future. All right. Cool. So are we ready to get into the expanse? Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're talking about episodes seven and eight, like I said. Um, they are both written by Ty Frank and Daniel Abraham, who for some reason go by James S.A. Corey. Uh, so those are the actual book writers, right? I believe. Yeah, they wrote these episodes. Oh, cool. And, well, at least, I don't know, that's what the um, MBDA said, whatever is the, what is the website? IMDB. <laughs> MDB. Um, <laughs> and directed by Kenneth Pink. And, uh, yeah, so episode seven is called Delta V, and episode eight is called It Reaches Out. Is it Delta V or Delta Five? Delta five, I guess. I don't know. I mean, there's a hyphen. Usually, if it was five, I don't know. It's maybe Delta five. Roman cool. five. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's get into the overall takes. Um, do you want to go first, Bubs? Um. Yeah. I. Everything was super like high octave going into this, and um, I thought that these episodes felt kind of cozy while still having like lots of stuff happening. <laughs> um, I like that they did so much character stuff uh, to balance out the plot, so they were very enjoyable. So I just I really liked again. I think I've liked all the episode stretches that we've done. So I feel like I'm just repeating myself, <laughs> but they were really good. So yeah, cool. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Joe? Um, I, I, I'm much, this sort of gets into my, um, like, I prefer the back half of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we're finally getting, you know, the ring shit, which I've been, you know, super pumped about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, super excited about that. And then, um, as far at like, I, and we'll talk about this in the actual episode, but the slingshot kid, um, I thought it was an excellent way that to sort of time jump through, like even like it was interesting that that at the end we started this season without any sort of a time jump, and then we got like a slight one, I thought, um, and then we started episode six or no episode seven with like immediately when the ring happened, but then we use this kid to sort of jump a couple of months. Um, Mm-hmm. of like in into them all sort of being confused about the ring and trying to figure out what it was. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I thought it was just like a really neat um It was way. smooth. Yeah, it was super smooth. It gave us someone to like kind of kind of care about, but also like you knew that things were not gonna go well for him because he's <laughs> dumb. Like oh. you know what I mean? Like even in the future there are these dumb boys. Um well, it's like sorry. that statistic where more men are born, but by the age of twenty four it's even. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> this is why. <laughs> <laughs> not not super smart. Um, but yeah, his brain uh, wasn't I, done developing. <laughs> oh, he was not a smart guy. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I liked it. It actually kind of reminded me a lot of spoiler alert on Twelve Monkeys. Um, we 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 hung out for an episode with a character named Ethan, and we got to see way more of him versus than we do um, the slingshotter who was just sort of sprinkled into the episode. 
Um, but I really liked it uh, when you get an episode that like gives you a character that we don't really know very much about and we're not going to like be hanging out with them a ton anyway. Um, but they serve such an important purpose of like either moving the story forward or moving characters mm-hmm. forward or something. Yeah, he was very pivotal. You're right. Like he did the next two episodes are basically um, fallout of him. Yeah. Well, it's like being he. He opens up the information about the ring. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) so I wasn't a big fan of the slingshotter. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) See, we don't always agree. (laughs) Yeah. I have have (laughs) problems with it on several layers. (laughs) Um, Okay, break down what you hated. uh, I mean, I don't really like... I didn't really sit down and write a point by point objection to this issue, but like first of all, like I didn't really enjoy watching him, uh, and I felt like, um, I, like contrary to what you guys are saying, I felt like uh, I don't want to watch this guy. Like, I, who is? This? I don't care. I know he's gonna die, and I don't care. Um, and so then, you know, the other thing, it doesn't so much just bother me, but it's kind of funny if you think about it. Um, there's no way this guy could have been the main character in a story, Because, right? like, the guy, well, apart from being dumb and everything... So we he, agree that he's dumb, right? Well, but he's, for, he's yeah, still, like, sure. a very good pilot. Um, sure. <laughs> there's math involved, like... <laughs> yeah. But, like, be, like, it's good like the, the fact that he was shocked by his girlfriend, like, banging some other dude after three months, I was like, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Well, his brother. Yeah, so like his, his brother. <laughs> in a thong. So, like, his his girlfriend slept with his brother, and then he, the moment he was thinking that he would be all over the news, um, it was Holden and the ring and that stuff was on the news all the time. So, he, like, didn't have fame or anything. And then, he, <laughs> like, his mission failed miserably, and he ended up being pulverized. Um, there's Which was no cool way, like, as fuck, though. Like, no one was expecting that when Oh, it my God. This show does gore better than any other show I've <laughs> ever seen in the history of my life. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm all for it. And I used to be, like, the most squeamish kid ever. But I'm just, like, that was, like, I remember, I think, like, the first time I saw that scene when it was, um, when the show was airing the season, um, I was, like, whoa! And they rewound immediately and I watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> Same with like the Coda, um, or what was his name? Was it? Oh yeah, you know uh, Katoa. Katoa, yeah. Oh, uh, dissecting the the person. Yes. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Bloodthirsty bubs. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, like if you think about it, that would never be a main character in a story. But it um, didn't have to be. to be. Well, I know. I'm just saying, like. In the universe of people that we've met, we haven't, like, we specifically, of The Expanse, doesn't write those kind of characters. Yeah, like, if the fact that this, like, clearly they put this guy in the story so that this can happen to someone that doesn't matter. Um, so then why do I care about it? Like, if, if the writer is telling me, hey, I put this guy in here because he doesn't matter, so I'm going to do this to him, it's not going to happen to someone that actually matters, then why do you want me to watch him? Well, because it's like, not that's, about that's him. That's just rude. It, yeah, it's not really <laughs> about him, him at all. That's why. 
Say what? Because it's not really about him. They don't want you to focus too much of him. The only purpose he's there to serve is to like further build the world, catch everyone up time wise, because the yeah. news is all right. about the I don't world. like that. That's ad hoc writing. <laughs> I like that though, because it's like I don't like when um new characters are brought in and they just kind of take over for a little bit and then they die. He's just he he came in really quick. Did his business. And he left even faster. Yeah, exactly. So, like, to me, that was perfectly executed. Um, it was a good way to show, not tell. Yeah. That's about what, the ring. That's what snaps you out of the reality of the story is when you realize what the author is doing. That's the whole point of, um, you know, that's what I was, I guess, trying to get at way back with the Aristotle quote is, when the writer comes out of the story and tells you, hey, I wrote this thing in here because I need it, that ruins the story for me. Um, it has to be an element that belongs to the story that whatever you want to explain to me or expose to me that has to happen, has to come from an element from the story. Not that you ad hoc and, in, in, you know, put something in there ad hoc, inject some element into the story for one minute just to show me something and then kill the guy. Um, I don't feel that way though. But, but did you feel the same way about the Epstein Drive guy? Yeah. Because, like, that's a very, very similar sort yeah. of story that we got, which was Not necessarily. The that was the story of a, the person who invented this type of uh, drive. But this guy made a similar discovery just as inadvertently. This guy... And it, and it had the same... It wasn't in a, Well, the Epstein drive wasn't inadvertent. He worked on it hard. <laughs> and he died for it. His story wasn't meaningless at all, even though it was a short story. Um... But well, but he, I don't. I don't see how this is different. This guy wanted this was to just make a some name for idiot himself. who who <laughs> went into the ring and and it shouldn't have happened. Any like okay, this is just this is my other issue with this. <laughs> I love that we're this getting is, our well actually. Back <laughs> <in the day. laughs> like this is the hill that Shaheen will die on. <laughs> why is all three major uh, nations in the solar system? Why are all of them idiots? Why? <laughs> Do you load up all of your important personnel in these massive fleets and just shove them into something that you have that you have no idea about? You don't know what it is, and all that you know, in fact, is it's been killing anything it's touched. And then you 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 don't send well, but a. They probe. haven't gone inside the ring yet for these two episodes. To be yeah. fair, like I know well, where we're why, going. What with this. were they trying to do? Why do you hit there? Like, do you know how much fucking fuel it takes to take? This many people there. Dude, if somebody were like, hey, like, like, I think that that's the point of Anna's character. If I were given that opportunity to go and, like, see this thing that, that has never exist, like, to see alien life, like, Why would yeah, you even I'd go near it. it? Why would you even I get, come close would. to it? I would it's totally the same way. It. No, you would not. No, you would not. I totally and, would. And you definitely would not send thousands of your most important personnel to go anywhere near this thing because this is anything this has come close to has died and you but they didn't know obviously that the first. thing that you, to do is to send probes which then some idiot had to do for them and they're like oh that's what happens when something goes into the ring yeah no fucking kidding you should have sent something in there <laughs> to see what happens <laughs> Yeah, there don't have to be some idiot who didn't even mean to probe it, happened to probe it for you. How stupid is everyone at the UN and on Mars? 
<laughs> Should we talk about the episode or do you want to like rail old man yell at Sky for a little bit more? <laughs> well, <laughs> you can say something now in response to that. <laughs> so I would say here's the thing. They people are curious and stupid, which I think this sort of you know, nicely fits that package. Like, of course, everyone wants to sort of send all, like the, the whole point about, you know, in, uh, that we saw in, in the beginning of the episode, which I made a note of in terms of uh, Christian giving that speech, um, you know, that broadcast um, to say, you know, this is the moment, this is, we're on a precipice. We have to come together and sort of see this thing that, that, that has never been seen before untracked. Like we don't know if it's, if, if it's evil, we don't know if it's alive. We don't know who made it. We don't know if it's going to kill us. Um, and I think that the way that they framed it as you have all of these ships sort of coming together and sort of like staring at it, you know, and like kind of, you know, with binoculars, like a creepy neighbor trying to figure out what it is. Um, you know, but still being very cautious because they were sending in probes, but every probe that they sent in, you know, they couldn't get any reads out of it. And so it's like, it's this big mystery and it's sort of, well, eventually we're going to have to get closer. And the purpose of 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 the, the slingshot guy was he just kind of blew past them and splattered himself on the windshield. And we we as the audience got this idea of, okay, don't fucking go in there. But what I liked at the end of episode eight was that, you know, Holden was like, trust me, do this thing, slow it way the fuck down, and we're going to go inside the ring. And so we went from, you can't, we went from the end of episode seven of like somebody rocketing into the ring and being killed to somebody entering the ring slowly. And suddenly you have this idea about the ring that it's, it's more nuanced than that, if that makes sense. Like it's more nuanced than just like this kill orb. Um, yeah. And obviously, somehow connected. to I like Miller, that which... part about the figuring out how to get, like, if you slow it get down inside. and get closer to it. But again, I don't know why this is a good thing for you. All of this should have happened. Uh, someone should have probed it. Someone should have studied it. They did can probe you get, it. Can you? Who? When? Like they did probe it. They they talked about sending in probes and that they're not getting any readings out of it. No, send stuff into it. See if you can get into it fast. See if you can get into it slow. Send some dogs in a in a pod, see if they die. Don't so Shaheen fucking, hates animals now. Well, I don't think fucking send ten thousand people in your most advanced ships. Go anywhere near this thing. Are you crazy? I mean, I feel. I like don't understand were... why you think this is a good thing. <laughs> I, I think, and I think like Anna talked about it a little bit, and we'll talk about it a little bit more. That like. This is just, it's, it's human curiosity. Like you're going to give us something that says, you know, you give us a big red button, we're going to fucking push it. Um, no, you know, we and I appreciate and we your <laughs> restraint and logic about it. And, you know, clearly you would not have gone. Um, but you no know, one would are, have gone in a real world. This would not have happened. People would have been very reasonable about it. And they would have something to prove it first. You know nothing about people. They wouldn't load up. (laughs) No, no. The UN. Everyone is a smart The government of the planet. The government of the planet would not load all of their most important personnel and, and, uh, you know, hurl it towards this thing. That's ridiculous. That would never happen. I, I, I disagree. Well, you have to also consider that you have three groups of people who, for the entirety of the show, have been gunning for some kind of, like, edge in what they perceive as, like, needing to, like, have something over the other other groups. 
And so now we have this ring. And so there is kind of like the space race to figure out what it is um, and what it's going to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Fine. Figure out what it is by sending probes. Do it right. Do it scientifically. But like you, there's, it's not that they're sending, they're actually sending everybody there, some ships are going. Some ships are going to explore. Avasarala is not on it, you know? The leader of... Oh, thank God. The most important person on the planet is not on it. <laughs> the leaders of the Martians aren't there. Um, the Bell people are already out there anyway, so who cares? Um, and so it's not like they're putting their, their smartest people on the front line. I mean, Anna's there. That's what it like, looks like. It, but no, it's <laughs> Was that a dig at Anna? Yeah. Did you just like low-key dig at Anna? <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, they sent Anna. They certainly weren't sending their best. <laughs> you make it sound meaner than I meant. No, maybe. No, it's fine. I did mean it that way. Um, but so... So there's, it seems like they're sending the best because we know a lot of the people who are in the perimeter of this. Um, but it's, this, they're like a, the, the, um, the Rossi or whatever they're calling it now. Um, they're not really anybody apart from kind of being like news celebrities for like playing a part in everything else, but they're not, they don't have like official titles. Like, but important or unimportant, why would you send anyone before you know what it does? People want to know what it does. And like, so you... Well, wh- that, I, that's what I'm saying. You need to figure oh, out what it does geez. before you send anyone. <laughs> I feel like we should move on. I the feel world like... is overpopulated. I don't understand what we're disagreeing on. If you found a new virus, would you feed it to a thousand people to see what it does? Or would you feed it to a mouse first? I well, would be, did... You'd be hands-on working with it. You wouldn't jump into the bucket of virus. But they don't know that it's bad. Like, they don't well, know. Well, that's the point. You would put your you hazmat what suit it does. on, a.k.a. get in your warship, and go explore it. Like, but they, you but have they, they weren't You won't get, like, gob- you don't, like, start gobbling, like, gallons of it, though. Like, they weren't even exploring it, though. They were, like, observing from a distance and sending in probes, and it wasn't getting them anywhere. So you got to get a little closer, and... Obviously, speed junkie guy proved that this thing can kill you. Um, but then this, the, the purpose of Holden at the end of 308 is, well, wait, we can go inside. Like, it is not just a death orb. It is clearly there is a way to get inside. And so we'll see that, you know, in episode nine when everyone kind of comes in there slowly. Um, so, you know, I think and that that I remember them going in there as being like, well, that guy went in. Like, we obviously can't just let one guy go in. Like, and it became, you know, their like little minor arms race of like, well, you know, if 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 the belt's sending someone in, then we gotta send someone in, and you know, we don't want to be left out. And so they all go in. And yeah, to your point, maybe that was a little risky. Um, but I I also very much sort of understand it. I mean, people are curious and stupid at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't think you would understand it if your own government did it. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> um, you're just saying that because of the story. Um, so, okay. We want to get into the episode? Yeah. All right. So, I guess, yeah, we are already in the episode. Yeah, yeah. So We're pretty What deep. do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, starting with the first one, I guess. Um... Yeah, so... Um, the Rossi, speaking of the Rossi, why are they going? Who invited them? Because they end up being part of the belt somehow. They're not part of the so belt. So they're, they're like for hire. And so they're, 
I don't I don't think they really explained it apart from they have like the the camera crew on board. Yeah. Um, paying yeah. for it. And I don't know if the camera crew set it up so that they could hop onto other ships who were also kind of played a part in what happened to ask questions to them. So they had them all in like the same area to do that. I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, I don't think it was explained per se. Yeah. So it looks like some either like I guess it would be the UN that hired them and because they thought like these guys are just good like <laughs> they figure things out and so let's send them in there uh, I sort of love the meta commentary that we got about that though um where I can't remember if it was episode 7 I think it was actually episode 8 where they were just like of course we're fucking in this. Like, why is it always us? But, you know, like, they sort of, like, stepped out and did, like, a little bit of breaking of the fourth wall to be like, wait, why the fuck are these people always in the center of everything? Um, and I like that they that they called attention to that uh, in, in, in sort of their own story. Yeah. And there was a lot of um, reference to Holden being special. And, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like why are you special? And it's like, I'm not special. And then later when he was frustrated with the whole Miller thing, he was like, why am I special? Why do you keep doing this to me? Because <laughs> you're fucking special, Holden. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah. Too bad. Sorry. <laughs> is he a narcissist though? No. You know how um, that girl, who is he? Uh, who's she? Mel, someone, Mel's da- Mel, another daughter Mel- of Mel's? Uh, Melba slash... <laughs> Her other name? Clarissa now? Yes, Clarissa. Yeah. So it turns out he had two daughters? Turns out. Oh, that we know of? You think there are more? Um, I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she was like, Holden is a narcissist. She's just mad because of her dad. Uh Uh-huh. And her dad. And probably her fortune. Yeah. Um, Oh, so does she mean like... He is a narcissist because he killed my dad. Well, that, that, well he's not what dead. happened to Mao? He got, he got arrested. Right? He's a he's like in jail. Yeah, so he got my dad arrested for his own sake, but I, it wasn't just, for his own sake. She's just salty. And she, doesn't yeah, have all the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just in this word narcissist. Like maybe I'm just sensitive because like this is why is this so popular on Quora? Like every time someone is like, oh my ex broke up with me, and someone is like. Yeah, they're a nar- narcissist. I'm like, what is... <laughs> the people just keep throwing this word around. Doesn't mean what you think it means. That's that's what you should respond <laughs> to it. I'm sorry. Speaking speaking of absolutely nothing, maybe it's perhaps my own narcissism. I see this note here from you, Shaheen, and this mm-hmm. is not a- at all what we're talking about, but why do lesbian couples on TV always have to be interracial? <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. It's like two always- birds with one, sh- with one yeah. shot. It's like... <laughs> they don't have to be interracial, but one has to be blonde and the other one has to be brunette. Uh-huh. And so those, those are the actual rules, but because we are in the future and obviously more woke about interracial relationships, it's just easier to do it that way. Yeah. But, it, but you do have to have a blonde and a brunette. Like those, those are the rules. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, they are. They often are interracial now that I think about it. I'm like, wait. Wait, yeah. I can think of one that wasn't. What, um, the sequel to Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay, that's really fucking specific. I have not seen <laughs> Khorasami. Is one of them Wait, blonde? No, but I mean, I, I feel like it's a little bit cheating if like all the characters are Japanese. <laughs> but they're not. One is blue eyes. 
Like, I feel like, I mean, but, but if we're talking like the runaways, for example, um, the blonde girl and, and Japanese girl. So interracial. Um, I think it was, I didn't see that episode of Black Mirror, but I'm pretty sure also (laughs) interracial. Um, But that was because it was like an 80s cartoon cast where everyone is a different race. Mm. Because I feel like, I feel like representation was better in the like 80s and the 90s like fucked everything up. Oh, just made it worse. And the 2000s like made it worse. And then now finally we're getting back to like being like, oh, maybe we should put more than white people on television. I mean, I, I guess we can just say all homosexual relationships because you also have a note here about Amos and Prax. Um, yeah. Shaheen. I was going to say, we can, uh, speaking of love, we can <laughs> best friends in the whole world. Um, yeah, let's talk about Amos and Prax. Isn't that a little overblown? Like, come on, they did, what kind of connection did they have? Like, they weren't, they didn't even spend that much time together. So I would say that, like, what it was, this was my read on it. Is that when Prax told his told May that 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 Amos was his best friend in the whole world? I think it was it was him like speaking in a kid language, if that makes sense. Being like, uh-huh. "This guy, he's my best fucking friend," and you know, to like be like, "Trust this dude." Um, but then I think because Amos is who he is, and he's lost Naomi. Yeah, um, it's too seriously. <laughs> yeah, like I think he's that he was person. just kind of like, "Wait, he is my best friend in the whole world." That's the um, first time anyone said that, so he bought it. Kind of. He like, likes I think... the way that Prax saw him. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, like, I think he latched onto that, and he was, like... Like, Amos is a, a little tragic. ...astray because of Naomi. Um, and so I think that he did kind of latch onto this friendship, and it is, like, important to him right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, like, the uh, wounded inside mob boss. <laughs> Yeah, apparently a mob boss. Who the yeah. fuck knew? Secretly soft inside. Yeah. He's an SSI. Bleeding heart mob boss. <laughs> <laughs> Who also, you know, kills people. Yeah. Speaking of, I guess, weird friendships, can we talk about uh, Naomi and Drummer? <laughs> yes. Yeah, also Gunnix. <laughs> huh? Wait, what? We should also talk about Gunnix. Gunner oh, Alex. wait, what's... Oh yeah, gunny and yeah. Alright, yeah. let's go with the oil, uh, let's go with yours. Okay, I mean, but then we can also talk about you know yeah. gunnicks. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> Naomi and drummer. Um, I wouldn't say that I am at the point of belief where I'm like they fucked yet. Mm-hmm. But drummer has feelings for Naomi, and I think Naomi is sort of pretending to be unaware of them and is trying to like be a friend but there is absolutely no reason that Naomi should be on the tier that she is on in terms of advising the captain of the fucking ship yeah if that makes sense Mm. yeah yeah and yeah also like I was because we talked about it so much last season um so when I got into the 507 or what am I 307? 307. We wrote 507. That wasn't my fault. <laughs> Wait, did I? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Clearly, um, I do not do a good job <laughs> dealing with these run sheets uh, from the hundreds. <laughs> um, so when we got to this episode, I was expecting more. Um, and so, but then it, it, I think 508 is where we really like, there's like that scene. Um, they're at some kind of control. And like Naomi, like, smirks at um 
a drummer, and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that. (laughs) Um, Um, So I think this episode just, it it established, like, their place in the behemoth. I think that they they could go there in the future, like, if they decided to, like, for whatever reason, I go either do a poly, a poly relationship Mm -hmm. or, um, or actually put Naomi and drummer together. I feel like they have been giving us textual evidence to be like, oh, this isn't out of nowhere. Yeah. It's, it would not be out of nowhere. Um, speaking of out of nowhere, fucking Ashford, I love him. (laughs) Wait, is that the The pirate guy? guy? Yeah, the pirate guy. Oh, yes. Oh my God. I love him so much. And like, (laughs) I was trying to figure out why, um, because of the burn on his face? No, it's just that, like, he, <laughs> he's dangerous. You know he? that he's the kind of guy that if you are on his team, like, he would, like, he's all the gruff and everything, but when he's, like, one-on-one with you, he's, like, so supportive. <laughs> and, like, so yeah. it's, it's, like, this weird... And I remember, like, being very unsure of him when we first saw this, um, but I think it's because we know, like, how everything turns out. But I, I was, like, I hated that he was stepping on drummer's toes. I'm, like, just oh, yeah. let her do her thing. Because but I appreciated the message that they kind of had because he brought in this whole thing of legitimacy yes, for the belt. He was right. And so yeah. like he's like, we have to we have like it's not us, but if we want to be accepted by these people, if we want to be seen as 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 equal, like mm-hmm. it's not even more than, it's just equal to the fucking earthers yeah. uh, for, for people of planet. Um we have to sort of be, we, we can't be savages anymore. And I thought that that was actually like, it was a very, um, it was a very hundred thing, mm-hmm. if you will, in terms yeah. of like, it, he gave the blood must not have blood speech. Yeah. yeah. Basically. I gotta say, I, I, I'm a little skeptical that in the year 2300 something, um, you know, n- given that civilization hadn't, hasn't ended in the meantime or anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, seems fake, but okay. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean, like, okay, if there was an apocalypse, like, then there were grounders or whatever, okay, I get that story of, like, they um, degenerated back into, like, a um, more primitive state of culture, but um, this this has been supposedly the, the continuation of our civilization, and I kind of doubted that in the year 2300, there would still be people who would just be like, yeah, throw him out of the window. Um, that's how we do it here. Like, I don't know. I feel like there would be due process everywhere. In, even in the most deprived, like even the most, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like unsophisticated cultures. Well, but I think out in the belt, it was like a different, like a colony. Um, like it, it was like floating people for, for any transgression. I feel like life was, life is hard enough on the belt that like, y'all will fuck you up. Yeah. And, and like, it's just like, if you think about what things were like in the UK in terms of um, having a court system in like um, in the times when people went to America and all the frontier stuff. Like if you killed someone out on the frontier, nobody was going to be like held accountable for that. So I think it's kind of So you think that will just continue? Like at any given time, there are margins of culture that still do that? Yeah, but I think that's the point of what... um, I still don't know his name, um, was saying is that like, if we want to be respected, Ashford. yeah, we have to reflect those kinds of, we have to be values civilized. to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like there's, um, if you extrapolate from 
you know, the, how far we've come since, say, the 1800s. Um, if you extrapolate that into the 2300, you'd hope that, you know, certain things wouldn't exist anymore. But I mean, I, 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 I think we, I think we have, I think today we have a false sense of civilization because we are like, while we did used to just be like, cool. So that's a hanging. Um, I feel like in some ways, um, it's, it's worse now because what we do instead is we just incarcerate people, at least in America for hugely long amounts of time, um, instead of trying to rehabilitate them or anything like that. Like it's punitive and it's punitive over life destroying decades. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I have to wonder in some ways if, if we're not barbaric in a different way. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I always wonder because, you know, there's all this um, opposition to capital punishment, but is um, a life sentence really that much better than being executed (laughs) Um, or being in a solitary for 30 years? Is that better than dying? I don't know. Um, I Well, I I always think about that, like... If somebody killed my loved one, I wouldn't want them to be killed. I would want them to rot in fucking prison for the rest of their lives. Right, which is punitive. <laughs> like, that is that is vengeance in a way. Yeah. Like, it's like slow vengeance. Hmm. Well, all right, yeah. so we're all terrible people. <laughs> Wait, so, sorry, was it... I had this marked down as a line, and I can't remember if Ashford said it. Um, better to be lucky than good? I think Amos mm-hmm. said... Did Amos say that? I don't know. It, it struck me, and I was wondering if there was anything smart philosophy-wise that, that came to mind with that, Shaheen. And if not, we can just edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like um, the Murphy philosophy, right? It's like being a cockroach, like not... I don't know. Yeah, what context was this brought up in? We're trying I to forget. remember. Yeah. Um, oh, Holden says it. Holden says it to Monica Stewart, who you have in your notes, Bubs, as Becca slash Allie's slutty little sister. Doesn't she look like Allie slash Becca? <laughs> she does. And she's um, a little bit of a skank. <laughs> um, she's, she's working what she has in ways to manipulate. <laughs> I see nothing wrong with it. I just thought it was funny that Amos was not having it. I mean, either from her or her blind cyborg yeah. friend. Which... We are going to talk about him, because I am very perplexed about his superpowers. Me too! Yeah, me too. (laughs) So, when I first watched this, um, I thought that he could completely see, and he was wearing, like, high-tech contact lenses that were um, feeding from the drone, and that's how he was, Mm -hmm. like, directing. So, this time around... Not only was like was I like wait he's blind, <laughs> but then I noticed like the because um, I guess I must have like not been closely paying attention to this episode um, the first time around. But he has like the like the cybernetics under his like skin that you can like yeah, see, like mm-hmm. listen and his fingerprint like so he sees through his fingers like that monster from Ah uh, Real Monsters. So yeah, because I I was. Uh, I kind of had the same journey. Like, I didn't realize he was blind at first. And then when he came down to talk to Amos and hit on Amos, I was like, what is with this guy's hands? (laughs) Why does he keep holding his hands in a creepy like that? And um, 
Then so now that you, but then yeah, I mean he seems like it seems like he moves the drone with his hands, is that right? Yes. But he can see through it too. So like maybe it's hooked up to his like brain somehow. Yeah. But then when he was switching out in five oh eight, when he was switching out the little like slide glass slide thingies and basically fucking over the right. Rossi. Like he knew he was able to find which one to take out and replace it with. So I'm like, whoa. Yeah. How <laughs> somehow he senses things, but I don't know if it's visual, if he sees them or he just senses it somehow. Right, and we haven't really seen much of that in sort of this world yes. of like something similar to um altered carbon where m- people, you know, enhance themselves with with tech Mm -hmm. well we get little bits of it and it's never explained like remember those little um marbles that the martians martian interrogators used to take and it would do something to their pupil and they would i don't know what that would look like cyborgs and then uh what about mao's daughter is she a cyborg yeah, what the fuck was that? Oh, she, but she was, it's like, you know those cyanide tablets that um, spies used to, like, have in their mouth? Except instead were, of killing her, it just gives her, like... Yes, that's what she's doing. Um, crazy strength. It, like, hulked her out. She's eating, she eats something? Yeah, I, I remember seeing so. it in, like, she, like, crunched down on something, and then suddenly she was, like, super-duper-duper strong. Yeah. So maybe it's just, huh. like, instant PCP or something? I don't, I, I don't know. I think so, but I wish, I do wish that they would explain it yeah yeah i mean their eyes do weird things that make me think they're cyborgs <laughs> but i don't know turns out everyone's a fucking cylon wait i know that we talked about naomi for a sec but i actually really liked your point here bubs oh he, oh yeah so i i was trying to and i i was thinking about this more and she kind of has felt a little bit like a little like that the whole season but I especially notice it now that she's like outside of the usual environment um that she reminded me a lot of Clark in season three where she she kind of took a step back like she's she's kind of like going with what drummer is saying the way that like Clark kind of was going with what Lexa was saying in season three and I I don't know I thought that was interesting and like they both they both did something that they have these intense feelings of guilt for so it's kind of like they're... That's actually a really good comparison, because, yeah, Drummer is Lexa in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, in terms of, like... She's got that vibe, yeah. And she's also, like, into the violence. Like, that's what her people do. Yeah. And, and not, yeah. like, senselessly. No, but, you know, still violent. Yeah, but so that kind of really struck me. Like, she's very much... I feel like in season three, it was almost like Clark was on, sort of on like a vacation where she healed a bit. Uh-huh. And so maybe and that's what this is what Naomi is doing. I could. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I realized that I moved us. A, I'm not right. Yeah, you totally B, I moved us flow. away from Melba before. <laughs> before you could give us our 90s movie reference, bubs. Oh, <laughs> Oh yeah, so the yeah, so the guy back to the engineer <laughs> girl. Sorry, you can you can edit this around. <laughs> but no, okay. so yeah, the the guy that um, was like nice to Melba, like was like, hey, if you're having a hard time, just let me know. Like it's okay. You so can Melba just... is the, the Clarissa, yeah, Clarissa, yeah. Um, whatever her name is. Yeah, his face. I was just like, oh, I know that face. What the fuck is it from? <laughs> Um, 
And so, yeah, I guess Joe figured out what it's from. <laughs> well, so he, you, you had a note that said he, I remember her, remember him as some 90s movie bad guy. And so I looked up his IMDb page and scrolled down to the 90s. And I was like, oh, he was the stepdad of Feruza Balk's character. Or was it dad? I think it was stepdad. Of Feruza Balk's character in The Craft. Huh. The one who died of a heart attack and um, and they got like $175,000, which they spent way too fast and <laughs> poorly, but that's a separate issue of financial planning of... Anyway. Um, so there's our, our, our 90s movie reference. Yes. Okay, I'm done, I'm done wrangling, Shaheen. Yeah, so why does she have two names? I'm trying to find out. She's, um, she's undercover. Yeah. She doesn't okay. want anyone to... She can't be like, I'm Clarissa Mao. And people are like, any relation? She's like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And, okay. And so we're... Uh, how are we supposed to realize? Is it ever mentioned that she's... Well, we don't know. We don't know at we this don't point know until... that she is Mao's daughter until... I think we find out in the next episode. Um, because okay. Anna knows her. And Anna, I think, in, in 508 calls her Clarissa. Right? Maybe I don't. I did a bad job. Uh, I didn't hear she just it. follows her and says, "Do you want to talk or something?" Yeah. Do you need anything? Um, yeah. Do you need anything? And so, yeah, we're gonna find out soon that she's. I mean, we know, um, but she's undercover because she's, you know, she's out for revenge for her dad. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the foreshadowing for that was kind of like not subtle at all. <laughs> Um, they were like, it's your first day, it's okay. And then like 10 minutes later, oh, you're still nervous. No, it's okay. I was like, yeah, I know something's going to happen with this girl. I got it. <laughs> you don't have to rub it in my face. Well, also like her flipping out at, um, at Holden uh-huh. was like yeah. foreshadowing. Um. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I know this girl's going to, you know, fuck some shit up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually thought it was she was actually gonna mess up like she was new, and she she was gonna like mess up and something's gonna blow up. But well, something was gonna blow up, and then she also killed a dude and smashed his fucking head. Oh my god! Again, ram him in there. I I love the gore on this. (laughs) I had totally forgotten that she does that. So when I was watching it again, like to take notes for this, she was like struggling to put him in. And I was like, dude, just Hulk out and smash his head in and just cram him in there. And then she did it. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, fine. Yeah, um, when she was like struggling to move the body, I was like, can't she do another one of those? But it seemed like the first time she did it, she got exhausted and passed out. So yeah, I feel like it's, it's costly to her. She healthy. can't just like, yeah, mm-hmm. she can exactly. just do it all the time. Otherwise she would just be in that mood the whole time <laughs> in that mode she could just like get in a fight with with bobby about it um oh yeah do you want to talk about ballot ba- ba- wait, what is what is G- galax gunnix gunnix fuck I did a bad job. <laughs> yeah let's talk about gunnix i would have i don't call her gunny so yeah what I do you call her what bobby oh i Bubbix. like gunny she looks like a gunny <laughs> oh bubbix i like that well the thing is she's never called uh, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Draper, not not no relation to Mad Men. Bobby Draper. <laughs> she ever been called Bobby on the show? Yeah, I think once or twice. Roberta, Roberta. Yeah. <laughs> Which no, Bobby is an improvement, as is Gunny. 
Yeah. No offense to any Roberta listeners that might be out there. <laughs> but but you know. Me, have you guys seen um, Sorority Boys? Uh, no. Which I... Shaheen? <laughs> I do not watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's a movie um, with not seen. the older brother from 7th Heaven and um, Lex Luthor from Smallville and the Sorority? guy from... Shit, what is he in? Um... Oh, I can't remember. The, the movie with, like, the space guy that's dumb. And You're doing a great job. I'm doing a great oh, job. Oh, so, wait. So they they dress... Okay, so it's cross-dressing. Yes. Much in the same way of... Wasn't there a Damon Wayans, like a Wayans Brother movie? Oh, yeah. Similar to this? White girls? White, white girls. Yeah. Except these guys are already white. Yes. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I'm looking at this amazing box cover. It is... <laughs> I just Something. brought this up and I can't remember why I'm talking about it. <laughs> okay. Well, everyone go see the 2002 masterpiece, Sorority Boys, starring some dudes oh. from Smallville. Oh, no. One of the guys, the really dumb guy, his name is Robert. So when they ask, when he's like cross-dressing and the, the sorority asks him like, what's your name? He's like, it's Roberta. <laughs> so yeah, every time they say her name, I think of Roberta from Sorority Boys. That was, a, that was a long walk. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was so I, long I forgot why I was talking about it. Tiny there. drink of water. Uh, so, did we talk about Gunnix? No. no. <laughs> um, it was funny when uh, Alex was like, yeah, my wife filed for divorce. And Gunny was like, oh. oh. <laughs> I you feel want to get like... coffee sometime? or?" <laughs> Like, I feel like they're setting that up, but then I also feel like they're setting up some parallels um, with with Alex and Anna in a lot of ways. And I think we talked about this last time of, like, both of them are kind of like, I like space more than my family. Mm, yeah, there's the parallel there. Um, but I'm fine with Bobby sleeping with both of them, for the record. <laughs> I think that she'll... I think they will do go... Because, like, they're both talking about how they... They both learn about the domestic life. So I think it's a good setup. It could happen. It could happen. Wait, so you so you ship it, though, Shaheen. You ship Bobby and Alex? Um, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I Connie is really, is a strong character. Alex is kind of a loser. I want, <laughs> I want her with someone stronger, with some uh, stronger man. He's he's not good enough for her. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, if not. he was a worse pilot, he's a really good pilot though. But yeah, yeah I, I I know what you're saying. I, yeah, he, he doesn't have enough like gravitas for her. Yeah. But I think like she would be the gravitas in the relationship, mm. and he's just like the guy. Like she doesn't want to deal with people, and he's like happy to deal with people. You know, so there's like <laughs> some balance there. But like I still I still get what you guys are saying, and I'm like inclined to like agree. Okay. Yeah, I feel like she would be frustrated with him because, like, she's a go-do-it type of person. And he's kind of like, yeah, I don't know, I'll just sit here. No, he's like, I'll drive you there. <laughs> okay. I'll drive you there, but I'm waiting in the car. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, but that's scary. I'll drop you off. <laughs> Circle the block a few times, let me know when you're done. <laughs> yeah. Let me know when the fight is over. Um, yeah. Do you want to move on to 308? Yeah. I feel like we beat up on 307. Enough. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, there's more Naomi and Naomi drummer uh, Ashmore 
drama. Did you guys like him right off? Like, I kind of assumed, like, at least in these first two episodes, I was like, that dude's evil. He's going to, like, steal the ship. And I think that we're supposed to. But then, you know, in the episode where they are, like, trapped and probably going to die together, um, he kind of, that, like you were saying, Bubs, like, one-on-one, he is, like, way supportive and kind of great. Mm -hmm. Um, Just what, like, what a fantastic, like, what a great character, like, whenever they get, like, an actor of that sort of caliber. Um, Yeah, I... He's great. The guy is definitely not charismatic and like, you know, this the, his face is not trustworthy. I think he's his, charismatic. His manners. He okay. looks shifty. Like, yeah. you know, you don't trust somebody with a big scar on their face. Like they didn't get it. Well, but maybe maybe not like back in Earth though, but you, maybe out in the belt, like showing strength is like what you want to get behind. Right. No, I mean, I get that, like, all the belters are a little toughened up and everything. Um, and, I mean, he, he did used to be uh, a pain in the ass. He used to be, like, a problem, right? He was a bad person, uh, right? Uh, define bad. I think he's always been colorful. Didn't he, like, well, he and Dawes were fucking shit up, right? Yes. But I think it, yeah. it I think it... I, I think it sort of depends, like, I think he is a belter hero, but I think belter heroicism um, was not exactly maybe ethical in the grand scheme of how everyone else. So I think, I think that that's maybe why, why Drummer doesn't trust him is, is because his whole, like, we need to be more like earthers and marsers, planeters, I guess. Um, we need to be more like them to be respected. And she's like, hold the fucking phone, dude. Like, this was, that. that's kind of a 180 for you. Like, yeah. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not buying it. <laughs> that's kind of like a kettle in a pot. Yeah. But the thing is, well, <laughs> I, I feel like he was, but he was a tra- traitor, right? He Because he went against uh, Fred Johnson. He and Dawes betrayed Fred Johnson, right? Right, which is also probably not to um, Drummer's um, liking. Because she yeah. fucking hates Dawes. Because, like, I mean, you can say, like, Fred Johnson himself is a great character and, like, you know, whatever. Like, they're all, like you were saying, it's be- the belt. But even, like, within the belt system, there is still an authority, which is Fred Johnson. And these guys betrayed him. So, <clears throat> sorry. So, they're traitors. Um, right? And now, supposedly, they've now repented or whatever. So that's what I'm saying. It's like he used to be an enemy of the state, and now he's like, "No, I'm now I'm with you." So it's very, it's very understandable to not trust him. But yeah, anyway. But yeah, so he, <laughs> I like that how a lot of characters on this show are not uh, immediately charismatic and like handsome and good looking or whatever. They look kind of rough and un- like, I don't know. At least to me, they like. I had the same feeling about Amos. I still do. Like, whenever I look at this guy, I'm like, eh, I don't trust this guy. But you get to, like, you have to go along with them and follow their story. And, like, it's the ultimate example of there being no perfect characters. You know, they're all just, like, people. They've all done shit. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like a smaller version of the 100, except, like, they didn't necessarily murder people and stuff. Well, except (laughs) Amos totally murders people. Yeah. As he yeah. said, I'm that guy. Like, he, yeah. he, he murder snuggles. Like, that's his thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
yeah mobster <laughs> but yeah so that's that's kind of interesting like they all kind of look very real in a way mm-hmm. like beaten down by by life <laughs> they're not like all cute and you know they're they're not yeah. they they don't look like a cw cast <laughs> yeah where like in school, you're like oh everyone's attractive so everyone is trustworthy yeah <laughs> it's like oh look the strongest and smartest people happen to be the cutest too what a coincidence <laughs> yeah um anything else about ashford uh just that he's cool well we didn't talk did oh. we talk about the whole debate in any substantial manner <laughs> about the how the belt comes off as, as represented did you have anything more about that you mean about like the the scene with the drug dealing um that they were gonna float in? well yeah when they're yeah so drummer wanted to just like execute the guy um to make an example out of him and ashford said no we if we want to be considered an equal we have to act like we have to act more civilized mm-hmm. um which is an interesting argument i mean his argument is not we should we shouldn't do this because it's wrong he's saying we shouldn't do this because those people think it's wrong mm-hmm. and we want them to think we're good so he's kind <laughs> of a politician yeah i mean it's kind of like a I don't know, like another country changing their laws because they want to trade with America. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, um, I I think like he's right, and um, I think it's to be seen whether it's effective, and then they can go from there. Yeah, but I mean, do you think he would have said that if he didn't think it's actually wrong? Like, if you thought that this is the right thing to do, would you still care how what image that projects? I feel like it's on some level he feels like this is wrong. Well, a part of him has to be identifying something or else he wouldn't even know to think that somebody else would look down upon what they're doing. Right. So... I mean, these moments of moral awakening in cultures are always interesting when people start to feel like something they've been doing for a long time is maybe not such a great idea mm-hmm. <laughs> or like is not morally right. Um... It's always interesting, the struggle of like, well, we've been doing it for a long time and it was okay. And then, you know, that's how we've always done it. I think it's, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but it kind of makes me think of, I read this paper about, um, they found this one, um, colony of monkeys that had a smaller Mm -hmm. species of monkey as a pet. And that was the Uh first time they, um, they'd witnessed in the wild, like an, another animal taking care of an, having another animal as a pet. And so they're looking into like, why, what is the distinction between like, um, when it makes the cross as to having a pet is it, is it intelligent? Is it, well, and so what they found like the common thing was, and this goes to cultures across, um, humanity is when resources are high enough, mm-hmm. it's like this outlet comes out where they, you expend resources to care for something else. And so it's, it kind of makes me think of like with the belters, you know, they, they're now being recognized as their own country basically. Um, So now they can focus on other things, you know, now it's not so um, 
they don't have to be so cut and dry about everything. They can they can start working on their own legal processes and what they think is you know it's like now that they've they've crossed They're a precipice. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, they can focus on these kind of nuances of leadership, um, that they weren't able to do before, or it just was, it's like, um, also Maslow's levels of needs, you know, you, you, yeah. each one you go through. Yeah. These moments of, um, or not moments, but periods of moral evolution, um, mm-hmm. they're always tough because, Obviously, it has to do with moral judgment, so you feel strongly about it, um, and you feel like people who disagree with you are inferior in a way, like morally mm-hmm. inferior. Um, but there's it's a period of transition, so those people happen to be your parents and your family, and you know whatever. Um, so there's this rift in the culture where it seems like part of the culture feels like the other part is evil, mm-hmm. um, but they have to, they can't really entirely think that. So you can see that right now, for example, with eating animals, right? So vegetarianism, veganism, there are vegetarians and vegans who genuinely strongly feel that it's wrong, morally it's evil to eat animals. and so they should be thinking that any of us who eat animals, they're, we're just bad people. We're doing something. And some of them do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, it, but then there's like a lot of them who don't. And I think that's kind of a necessity of having to live with the other people. Because <laughs> um, the society hasn't transitioned. I don't know if the society will ever completely transition to vegetarianism. But you can imagine it could Depends happen. Depends on if you get your apocalypse, Shaheen. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll either be vegetarians or cannibals. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, you could imagine it happen, uh, you know, the same way it's happened with other things that used to be considered wrong. Um, and now we look at it um, and we think, well, what were those people thinking? Um, so you, you can imagine like in 100 years or 200 years or whatever, everyone is a vegetarian and they look back at us. And they say, whoa, what are, what horrible people. How did our grandparents, ancestors or whatever, how could they be so cruel and, and stupid mm-hmm. to like eat animals? Um, they, it, it, to them, <laughs> to them, it's just beyond the pale. Um, and so, you know, the way we feel about a lot of things from the past that used to be normal. Um, and, if you think about, okay, so when it's 100 years from now and none of us are alive anymore, they get to, you know, shit on us however much they want. <laughs> they, can like, <laughs> they can paint us as evil as they want. But if you are currently living with people who you feel that way about, that's very different. And it's always interesting to me what that does to a culture. Like, there will be some people who do feel that way and they, like, break up with all of their meat eater friends or whatever. Uh, and then there are others who kind of accept it. And that's interesting to me. Cause if you think it's morally wrong, how can you live with it? Like if you think it's murder, do you, like how can, how you, can be you be friends, friends with, with murderers? murderers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, so. <laughs> I kind of I, like, I totally see what you're saying. I kind of read their debate and discussion, like almost like Ashford was being like, listen, we are being 
given the, like, we have been given the opportunity finally to sit at the adult table Mm -hmm. and we, the expectations of being invited to sit at the adult table at the restaurant is that we use silverware, we use our napkins, we don't eat with our hands and like drummers, (laughs) you know, and drummers being like, fuck you, my hands have always worked. Like, I don't see why I can't eat with my hands. And so, you know, I... I liked that. I liked that he, and, and maybe I, it's, it was, it's kind of almost hard to watch in a way because, you know, you have Naomi who is someone who has been sitting at the adult table, who has, who does know how to eat with silverware. She is someone who was raised by the belt, but has learned how to, you know, not eat with her hands. Mm -hmm. I know this is like a weird little analogy or whatever. (laughs) And so, you know, she has seen sort of the the benefits of 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 cooperation and being at the adult table the protection it gives you the the way that a world quote unquote world you know universe kind of opens up to you if you are able to you know sit and i mean it's the same like you know we don't let we would prefer we expect that as children enter school that they don't poop their pants anymore <laughs> you know what i mean like and it's yeah. sort of this thing of being like it's not just that you're doing it it's that when you do that, everyone else has to deal with, you know, smelling the fact that you have shit your pants. And so being a part of society, at least in, you know, I would say like most societies sort of encourage, um, you know, bathroom training, you know, at some point or whatever. And it's sort of a way to be like, if if you want to participate in this, people need to think that like a transgression isn't going to be punished by death because that's you know they don't want to have the idea of mars and earth is not a society living in fear of retribution um whereas kind of that's kind of just how the belt has always been because they always were fearful of retribution from the planets if that makes sense like they were always sort of they were almost slaves to supplies from planets and and money and you know having their um, mining efforts, you know, paid for and stuff like that. And so it's sort of, all right, if you want to sit at this table, like use a napkin, use a fork and, and Ashford's telling her this and for I think reasonable amounts, she is sort of brushing up against that um, because, you know, her hands have worked fine this whole time. Um, But, you know, I do appreciate that she's going to kind of come around, especially I think Naomi will help that, um, because she doesn't trust Ashford, but to have somebody who has lived at the at the, at the big kids table, um, being like, actually, it's the steak is pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Sorry for all the poop and dinner analogies. <laughs> <laughs> I like them. <laughs> no, I mean, what I was gonna say about the analogy is um, notice how eating with your hands um, is a matter of etiquette not a matter of ethics. Um, so like, I don't think there's anything wrong with eating with your hands morally, um, or shitting your pants or farting. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just some people don't like it. Um, I feel so, like shitting your pants, like that is something that affects other people. Never get in the empty subway car. Oh, never. There's a reason it's empty. <laughs> there's a reason it's empty. <laughs> Someone has shot their pants. <laughs> Possibly yeah. still in there. Well, yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, you can say anything like burping affects other people too because they have to hear it. But 
it but here's the thing: you hold it, in, it's going to become a fart, and that's far more offensive. <laughs> well, no, my point is like there are cultures where, like in the Iranian culture, uh, burping is extremely gross, um, and people will like run away from you and judge you and everything. Oh, gross. really? Yeah. Whereas here, people burp and they're like, "Excuse me," and that's it. <laughs> or or blowing your nose at the table oh, that's is gross. extremely yeah, extremely gross in Iran. Whereas like it's kind of okay here. Like at least you can do it. In, like, the United States does not have the best manners. Let's just say that. <laughs> well, it's even more okay in Europe. Like uh, you can blow your nose anywhere at the dinner table or whatever. It doesn't matter. Wait. No one cares. Well, I mean, and then you you have something like you know, say mainland China or something like that, where. You'll see parents just like pull down the pants of their kids and have the kids yeah. like defecate in the street. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's just like, cool, fine, whatever. But then if you talk to anyone from, say, like Hong Kong or something, they are like, fuck mainland China. They are gross. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, which is interesting. I mean, in China, yeah, when you go to the uh, bathroom, you can also see other people. Like, there's no, there are no cubicles. Oh, so I won't be going mm-hmm. to China then. What? <laughs> what? You just sit down. Yeah, it's a squat toilet, and there's a row of them, and everyone's sitting, doing their job. What? Um, no. Why? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, um, well, when, when an Iranian person comes to America, their reaction is, why the fuck is the bottom of the cubicle open? Oh, that's why my reaction, too. Why don't I get my too. own room? I'm so why mad Why don't I it? get my own private room here? Like, what the fuck? So. I am a very pee shy person, and it is the bane of my existence. I'm probably gonna have like kidney failure by the time I'm fifty, <laughs> due to the fact that like all like you know the you know the the gif of Grandpa Simpson walking into the bar whistling, and then he turns right around and walks back out. That is me in many bathrooms. Being like, oh, not gonna be able to pee here. Um, yeah. Why? Because the bottom is open. Well, because the bottom's open. There's gaps in the side, like. It's just like, yeah, I would like a little bit of goddamn privacy. Um, Not that I'm doing anything nefarious, but like, I don't know. I just, that's just me. I I think that that if you're going to give me a wall, give me a goddamn wall. Like, don't give me like a a wisp, an idea of a wall. Like, this is not, this is not the platonic cubicle. This is bullshit. Sorry, bathroom rant over. I'll make a note. No problem. I mean, anyway, so the beautiful analogy of, uh, shitting um yeah my point is that all of this to me all of these are considered matters of taste and etiquette and norms they're not matters of moral code Mm -hmm. okay um so like i don't think there's anything wrong with like squatting in front of someone else and shitting or burping or blowing your nose these are just things that some people don't like uh and you might live in a society where no one likes them well when i was little I used, I talked about how I was really squeamish when I was little. If somebody burped in front of me, I would gag. <laughs> That's how gross I thought it was. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyways, that's... Yeah. No, no problem. I mean, if it was a society of bubs, <laughs> bubses, then it would, everyone would be grossed out by that. Um, you know, if you had bubs, if you had like, hundreds of kids, and then they had hundreds of kids. And if this thing was a genetic thing, um, you know how, like, in Jacob's prayers, he's like, may I have a hundred children? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, no, why? No, <laughs> why are you praying for that? Um, anyway, so, yeah, then it would be wrong. It would be, um, 
you know, against the manners everywhere to do it, but it would still not be wrong. Now, even transitioning from those things is hard for cultures, but transitioning from moral values is even harder. Um, anyway, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> um, <laughs> there are many cultures in which these aren't distinguished, by the way, like people confuse, and I mean, I would say they're confusing uh, etiquette with morality, what... Um, or, I don't know. You like can't there's nothing morally wrong with these things from a philosophical standpoint. I would say not. I mean, if you read Jonathan Haidt, the psychologist who's, who works on moral psychology, um, he would Can probably I, how interpret. How do you smoke so much hypothetical? Hi, how do you how do you hypothetically smoke <laughs> so much pot, and yet you can just remember these people's fucking names? <laughs> like I am blown away by this like um, someone introduces themselves to me and I'm like cool tiger I will see you later champ like I don't know how <laughs> maybe I don't read them while I'm smoking this hypothetical substance <laughs> Okay. I mean okay. it doesn't erase your memory it, just... it doesn't it I mean I don't anyway <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Like, that was just, that was my own interjection of confusion. No, I mean, I, I hardly ever get the memory effect anymore. I'm just, like, completely adapted. Um, <laughs> I kind of miss it. Like, I miss being stoned and not remembering what happened, because that never happens anymore. I remember all of it. Um, anyway. So, <laughs> Jonathan Haidt says that um, the difference is that these people have a, an additional... Um, value. So in addition, so that, you know, we tend to think in terms of either harm or justice, um, whereas he says there are other values too. There's like sanctity, um, you know, purity, authority, things like that. And um, so he would say this is the value of purity, whereas, you know, like someone not liking blowing, someone blowing their nose or having sex with a chicken carcass, um, they think that's morally wrong because of the value of sanctity or uh, integrity or purity or something. But I would say that they're just confusing what's wrong with what's distasteful to them, mm -hmm. what they don't like. Um, but anyway, um, anything else about this? <laughs> uh, no, I think I think this was our this was our nice little deep dive, actually, like, which I think w was good, considering that like that was probably my favorite part, sort of of the episodes of yeah uh, of this sort of confrontation between them, because you had you know Ashford on one side, Drummer on the other, and sort of Naomi in the middle, trying to like sort of peacemake, but not really. Like she didn't want to piss off Drummer and be like, actually he's kind of right, the steak is delicious. Um but you yeah. know, she is someone that that, Na that that drummer trusted. So yeah, I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, he she played a nice um mediating role. Mm -hmm. Cause like she's kind of like the lieutenant who talks down the the commander. <laughs> um the commander trusts her and, you know, she's like, yeah, I know that guy is, you know, ugly, but but he Actually, had a he point. Has a point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Anything else? No, I feel like. Do we just talk wanna, about Miller and then wrap it up? I don't oh, know yeah. what else we have to talk about. Yeah, so yeah, Miller is probably the last oh, point Miller. in this episode. Were you guys happy to see him? No. 
<laughs> but I, I, I think, I don't think, um, I've talked about this in other seasons. Um, I'm not Miller's biggest fan. I thought his story was. Yeah, you guys never were. Yeah. Um, and so they just kind of took what I disliked about him, which was his like stuttering mumbling and like made it his whole <laughs> fucking thing. Though I was watching, so girlfriend actually really likes to watch UFC. So whenever we turn on the Amazon TV and sometimes you'll see like a preview card being like, there's UFC tonight. And she's like, oh, do we get to watch UFC? And so like, whatever. So we'll watch it. And there was this dude who did an amazing job, but whatever. And he totally had Miller's stupid haircut, except he came out and the haircut was also wet. So it just looked like, I was just like throwing up in my mouth a little, um, just because now I just have bad associations with Miller's <laughs> dumb haircut. Though I appreciated that they probably didn't make him get the haircut again because you couldn't really see. I think that they just kept his head shaved now um, and just put him in his stupid hat. <laughs> yeah. Like, couldn't the aliens have been like, you know, fine, we have to use you, but not the goddamn hat. <laughs> Sorry. I like how the hat was brought up. It was like, what's with the hat? Dude? It's, it's in the book, too. The hat? Yeah. Or him bringing up the hat. Both? Oh, fucking hat. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. There is no point in time ever, ever since whenever wearing a fedora was like the thing, there is no point in time that them bringing it back is acceptable. It was not acceptable in the 90s or the 2000s. It's not going to be accepted <laughs> in the 2300s. It is just not fucking acceptable. That's fair. Um, I think my hat technically counts as a fedora hat. So, oh, so fun fact, you know, (laughs) weird, I just got an email from Conageddon and they have reduced our press passes to just one. Um, That's weird. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did they mention anything about hat restrictions? (laughs) (laughs) They have a strict no hat policy. Dress code? Is there like a There is a dress dress code. You have to sit at the adult table, Shaheen. You have to use a knife and fork, not shit on the ground, and leave your hat at home. So I never met, uh, I never met, I never really minded Miller Okay. Um, much. I mean, it, it was okay. And so I was, I'm always happy when they bring back a character or like, you know, mm-hmm. I like continuity. But so you have like a note here that says the protomolecule is a Mary Sue. So like, were you upset that it was, Mil- that they did bring back Miller? Like, I'm kind of confused. Mm, yeah. So I'm confused about the mechanics of it. Um... How exactly is the protomolecule like broadcasting things to Holden's brain? It's, I don't think it's ever explained, right? So, or maybe if you get close enough to it, um, yeah, like I guess it would just be like some sort of a hallucination of sorts. Yeah, but and why was it just Miller? Like the other ones weren't getting it. Oh, you Um, mean Holden? Like why only Holden got to see it? I'm sorry, yeah, why is it just. James Holden, yeah. He's Uh-oh. special. I don't think we know yet. And yeah, so that kind of makes me feel like the proto molecule is a bit of a Mary Sue. Like they, it can, it does whatever they want to want it to do. But um, but actually, there's a fair bit of consistency around it. Like most of what it does has to do with either messing with inertia, with the laws of inertia. Mm-hmm. That say that, you know, objects that are stationary, normally objects that are stationary or moving at constant speed um, or constant velocity, meaning constant speed and, and same direction, they will continue in their path unless something disturbs them. 
uh, is one way to to express the law of inertia. Um, and then, so yeah, that's kind of how the world works. But this thing breaks that law, <laughs> and so that means like things that are standing still, they can just take off and move with nothing moving them. Um, no external object having to move them. So that's what happened to Eros, right? Is mm -hmm. The planet just started moving. Like that's, according to the law of inertia, that's impossible. Is the, the, the whole body will start moving from a stationary state unless something moved it. Um, so anyway, so a lot of what it does is that, that it's the same as, you know, when you try to go into the ring, it seems like there's, this re you feel this resistance as if you know, um, yeah. Somehow, like the, again, law of, laws of inertia are being messed with, and but so that's one half of it. And the other half is kind of this extended consciousness, sort of remote communication thing that it does. Mm -hmm. um, the different parts of it communicate to each other, and you could maybe chalk up the Holden thing to this, but. That would make sense if Holden had some protomolecule in him, which he kept testing himself for, but he didn't. But if he had like a trace of it and, and then he was having these visions, that would make more sense to me because we've seen the protomolecule do this Remember sort of extended when consciousness. There thing. was still like when they were attacked by the, um, the proto-hybrid, um, they cleaned up all the protomolecule, but I think I remember seeing like, a, they like, Focus on a little tiny chunk that was still there. Right, they show it. Yeah, it's on the ship, but, uh, but it's maybe not it's on communicating with him. Uh, it's not on Holden. But maybe it's communicating with him, like it chose him. I mean, also there's the possibility that that whatever medical thing that's supposed to test for proto molecule in your body, like what if you know the Mary Sue of it is, it is undetectable. It hides from it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, have they ever tested anyone? Before for protomolecule, like, do we even know if this thing is calibrated? Yeah, I don't think like, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like, it could just take be someone... not calibrated for that. Yeah, like, we had never seen someone who's actually infected be detected. So maybe it just never detects, or like, it's not that sensitive. I don't know. Um, but yeah. So Miller. But I, yeah, so the Miller, the Miller thing, why do you think Holden doesn't think that he's just hallucinating like from the very beginning he's kind of he has this feeling that this is there's something to this there's more to this um i think probably because you know he he at least our knowledge of him is that he does not have a history of hallucinations and mental health um you know that's never been something that like we've dealt with and so i think He's scared um, at first, you know, wondering if maybe he is, you know, suddenly developing, I don't know, schizophrenia or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But of all people to hallucinate Miller while they're close to the ring, I think that that is, I think that he is sort of recognizing perhaps his own specialness as, as reluctant as he might be to recognize it and sort of like putting these pieces together as like, and, you know, especially when they were about to get, uh, when, when they, when they were fired on. Um, and we're, you know, decide, like trying to outrun them or maybe they're going to go into the ring, whatever, and just, you know, trying to... Are we pouring wine? Yes. Nice. Um, <laughs> I just, I like the sound. I was like, oh. It's a pleasant sound. <laughs> so classy. Um, 
that, you know, maybe he was just kind of like, all right, all of this is not necessarily like coincidence. Like it has to be connected. And I think that his sort of, when he locked the door and told Amos, like, you know, have I ever asked you to trust me? You know, I'm asking you now. Him locking the door and, and trying to, you know, conjure or summon Miller was him maybe accepting and that that this was that this was real. That okay, fine, Miller's here. We're close to the ring. Do something, um, which I thought right. was an interesting sort of character moment for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, I mean that moment makes a lot of sense in that you know even. Like, you don't know if it's hallucination or if if it's the proto-molecule talking to you, but you're going to die, so you might as well try. <laughs> Maybe there is something to it. Who knows? You know? um, speaking of which, um, Bob's, you had a note about Amos and Holden. Oh, um, this goes back to what... You like their conversation? This goes back to what I was saying at the beginning, how I... Like, The Expanse does such a good job of, like, balancing the plot with the character stuff. So even though we have things like the the slingshotter, who's, like, someone we don't know um, and don't care about um, and won't care about, basically. Um, like, so with Holden, like, so Amos, <laughs> he's such a sweetheart. And even though he's, like, a sociopath, he's, like, <laughs> I don't judge you. Like, if you want to talk, like, I'm not, like, great at yeah. this stuff, but, like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to judge you. Um, I thought definitely not better than you. So yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I thought that was like it was a really like sweet moment, and then I I, I really loved the follow up with um, Amos talking to Alex about it. Like it, it doesn't feel like he's talking behind his back. Like they they care about him. They're like they're worried. They they want to understand like what's going on with him. Um, so the fact that we had all those scenes um, about it, I thought that they, that was really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was an interesting conversation. I mean. He didn't actually trust Holden because uh, he then checked his files and talked It's to not that he doesn't trust Holden, Holden. It's he doesn't trust... Well, no, I guess he doesn't trust... No, you're right. Um, I mean, he ended up trusting him at the most critical moment. <laughs> well, I, I, it's like he saw with his own eyes Holden talking to an empty chair. So... Yeah. So yeah, no, I think it is. He's. It's not that he doesn't trust Holden. He doesn't trust whatever might be going on from a mental health perspective with Holden. Yeah, I mean, that's what you would think. That's the most reasonable thing to yeah. think is this guy is losing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like how when he was talking to Alex, um, and he was like, "Dude." Something's wrong, and Alex is like, "No, man, chill out." And then he's like, "Yeah, he tested himself thirty-five times for a protomolecule." And then Alex is like, "Dude, we gotta do something." <laughs> well, did, I like that Alex was like, "That was up. a huge breach of of confidence." But also, what did it say? <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. So, are we done with I this? Think so. All right. Um, let's go over to Will Actually's slash. Petty Dickery. Uh, I don't have anything. I already did mine. What's up with the creepy guy's hands? You go, Joe. Um, so this was my issue in that we got to see uh, Speed Junkie, um, you know, jumping, you know, ahead by, you know, months at a time or whatever. And he has fairly elaborate hair. Um, and the, the line 
the the dye, the neon green yellow dye in his hair did not grow out. And yet he still like by the end of it grew this like fucking sketchy ass beard. And so I'm like, did he bring his manic panic and bleach kit on <laughs> on his like little tiny rocket with him? And it's like, not that like he's was- showering. Right, exactly. Like, it's, yeah, that was my petty dickery of just, like, cool, if you're going to have him grow, like, a homeless beard, then, like, maybe we can also get the rest of his hair to match. Like, I, that was my issue. It kind of took me out of the the time jump stuff. And maybe, you know, if there's, are any expanse production, um, you know, makeup people who listen to the pod, which I know that we're not, maybe you can, you know, hop in and say, actually, um, (laughs) well, actually to your, well, actually, you know, it is some sort of genetic thing that he did much similar to creepy guy's fingers where he now permanently (laughs) just has a fluorescent yellow green mohawk. And that's just how it is. So I mean, I'm willing to get that, but you know, I need to, I, yeah, that was, that was kind of, I was like, cool. So everything is jumping ahead in time except for his roots. That's a good catch. Maybe it's artificial hair. (laughs) <laughs> he, he wears it's a toupee. A toupee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would accept that. It's weird, but all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did you have a well, actually, Bubs? Um, I did not have a well, actually. The, the science is so tight in this. Like, I just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, oh my God, apart Bubs. from inertia <laughs> not existing. <laughs> well, but. It was hand-waved by um, alien technology. Mar- Mary yeah. Sue hand-waved. Well, I mean, it's it can't be technology. It, it will just... Like, we'll have to go back and, and start with Newton again. And, like, <laughs> rewrite physics from Newton on. <laughs> yeah, that's not something you can create with technology if current physics is correct. But anyway, well, so... we don't understand what the protomolecule is, so it's like it's yeah. hard to theorize what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Other thoughts? Um, just that David uh, Strathern uh, is a goddamn gift. He is the one who played uh, Ashford, um, mm-hmm. and. Just like, because I've seen him, and so I recognize him from like the Bourne movies, the Jason Bourne movies, where he is like, you know, angry FBI, CIA dude. Sorry, CIA dude, you know, and he's like very like straight laced or whatever. And like this, like, he's got the belter accent. He's got like, I don't know, he's just like, is he British or American? Huh? Is he British or American? Oh, in real life? Yeah. I want to say he's American. But really? Let's, let's find out. Why? Do you find his American accent? Yeah, he's odd? American. Yeah, he's from SF. Oh, my God. I don't know. I just, I couldn't really imagine him as an American. <laughs> he is American? Which he is a compliment. It was a compliment. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, belter, that great belter accent. Um, yeah. Yeah, and great mustache. He, he's great. He's great. <laughs> Right? Like, who comes in there with a fucking handlebar mustache and, like, <laughs> captivates my attention in a oh way that God, is not right. negative? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, let's wrap up. Do you guys have any TV shows to recommend? Shit's Creek. What it's is that? Dead. So, Shit's Creek is... Um, 
It is a 30-minute comedy out of Canada. Uh, it's ba- the, idea, the premise of the show is a very, like, obscenely half-billion-dollar wealthy family loses everything, like every single penny to their name, uh, a mom, a dad, and then two adult children. And they end up moving to this town that they bought as a joke and, like, sort of, it's very fish out of water of, like, these, like, ridiculously wealthy people, like, have to live in a very, like, a very, very small rural town. Um, but it, it, it's got a very similar vibe to all of those, like, Waiting for Guffman movies and, like, um, you know, Best in Show, except it's not a documentary style. Um, it but does have a Best in Show vibe. It totally does. <laughs> and that's because uh, Eugene Levy and... Um, Shit, Catherine O'Hara, who played the mom in uh, Home Alone, uh, in, in Home Alone. That's obviously what I will always remember her from. <laughs> um, and so da- uh, uh, Eugene Levy and his son, actually Daniel Levy, um, who plays his son on the show, um, like created this show. And it is the first season, like, is funny, but like at the same time, it can also be a little bit frustrating, at least to me. But as the show goes on, like, we have just been marathoning through it. I think the first four seasons are on Netflix, um, and it is so fucking funny. I cannot like describe. Like, we, I-, I was taking a shower today before I went out grocery shopping, and I just like from the shower, I could hear my girlfriend laughing at the show, like, in the living room. (laughs) Like, it is a delight. It's cozy. It's got a lot of heart, like, as the characters grow. Um, Oh, speaking of casting, um, uh, Emily Hampshire, who plays um, Jennifer Goins in 12 Monkeys, is also in this show. Um, And they have, like, a fair few number of cameos of other people from other, like, sci-fi shows. Like, um, there's some actors from um, Killjoys that show up in it and... uh, uh, what's the other show? Winona Earp that show up in it. It's just really, really funny. And I kind of feel like if you like shows that are, um, I don't know, if you like The Office or Parks and Rec um, or The Good Place those or Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like those type of shows, I think that there's like sort of a very similar um, humor to them. Um, but this one is definitely like a little bit different than them. But I, I highly recommend it if you want like a very cozy thirty-minute, really, really, really goddamn funny show. Yeah, it is good. I, I also have watched it and have loved it. Um, but I just wanted to say, I feel like Joe, you told totally spoiler alerted um, Eugene Levy acting alongside his son because that was like my favorite thing. That <laughs> bonsai. Shh. Um, I was when I was watching it, I was looking at David, and I'm like. God, those eyebrows. I know, me too. I was like, that was such good casting. Yeah, I was like, he can totally be Eugene Levy's son. And then I was like Googling the show, and I was like, oh my God, it is his son. (laughs) And also Twyla from the diner. Is is also, is the daughter. Um, His his real life daughter. But yeah, uh, Eugene Levy is known for these monstrous caterpillar eyebrows. And David, while his are more manicured, are also very Sandy Cohen, sit down. Yes, yes, it is, uh, they are magnificent. Anyway, absolutely worth watching. It is very, very funny. Cool. Yeah, cool. What about you, Shaheen? You um, too. Yeah, mm. so I'm going to plug The Good Place real quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, finally, about philosophers. This is your moment. <laughs> the show about my people. Um, <laughs> so yeah, The Good Place season three is pretty fun. Um, I mean, I got hooked on the second episode because of Adam Scott's acting. He's the guy who um, oh, yeah. plays Trevor, the demon. Man, that guy can act. It was It's amazing. Like, there's a scene where his face goes from, like, 
really coy and crying to like super evil in like two seconds and it barely changes like very subtle changes in his smile it just turns into this evil thing it's amazing anyway he's really good um and then it gets a lot better towards the end of the season uh i mean the finale hasn't come out yet right it will come out in a few days i'm I'm behind a few episodes so no spoilers yeah um i like the marathon shows so like we usually wait until we have like a couple saved up yeah, so it gets really good, and the philosophy gets ramped up um, towards the end. And also, um, I was blown away by Darcy Carden's acting. Oh my god, um, Darcy is amazing. Who's yeah, Darcy? Janet. Janet. Um, <gasps> I mean, she's been great so far, but I don't. You guys probably haven't seen it. She's gonna do something in one of these later episodes that's just gonna blow your mind. Um, so it's amazing. So anyway. Um, and the CG, uh, yeah, the like the special effects gets really good too. Um, okay, so that's the good place. Uh, I also started watching this show, Under the Dome. I've heard of it. Is it worth is it worth checking out? Um, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's not our usual like philosophy, politics heavy type of thing, but uh, it's you know Stephen King wrote it, and uh, him and uh, Steven Spielberg. Um, or the producers. So, you know, Stevens can't go wrong. Um, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, the premise is that people are uh, trapped inside this invisible, impenetrable dome. And you can imagine all ki- the kinds of things that could happen when you're cut off. You know, resources will start to run out and everything. And, um, yeah. Um, so, I haven't gotten through season one yet, um, but... It's pretty good. I like it. Um, the acting is solid and the story is solid. Um, yeah, I kind of have a... It has a little bit of um, leftovers slash lost vibe to it. Okay. And I feel like um, I I'm it. a little pessimistic that the dome is ever going to be explained. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's I ever... I it was a good, a good vibe. No, that's, it's like, it, I feel like it's going to be one of those, like, uh, endless mystery type of things that you just have to accept that. <laughs> that this happened and the, the point of the show is about the consequences of it, not about what yeah. this is. But maybe not. I haven't seen it. So maybe it will get explained. But it's kind of has this feeling because it seems like it's so uh, uh, out of the ordinary or, you know, yeah, it's just so out of this world that I don't know how they're going to explain it other than like an alien thing or some sort of supernatural thing. But anyway, uh, it's other than that, it's a, it's a good show. I, this didn't really bother me as much as it did in leftovers. Um, I guess, I don't know. It's maybe a more acceptable premise to me than 2% of the population vanished for no reason. Mm. Um, so that's my show. What about you, Bobs? Oh, so I just watched, um, I've, I saw this pop up on Netflix several times, and it's you with um, Dan Humphrey from Gossip Girl. I cannot remember his real name. Um, <laughs> and I wasn't ever like a really like a Dan Humphrey fan, so I put off watching it. But on Friday, my coworkers were like, "Oh my god, you have to watch you!" And I was like, "Ugh," just adding it to the list. And then so I 
was watching something else and it made me think of it because um, it's like about a stalker. And I was like, oh, fine, I'll watch it. Anyways, I like binged the whole thing. <laughs> and I understand now why they like liked it. Like there's, it is kind of like um, a page turner, basically. Um, but yeah, so Dan Humphrey's this like stalker guy um, who he gets his eye on this girl and you see, like, the whole buildup of everything he does to orchestrate it so that they start dating. And then it, like, follows the relationship. Um, and it's just, he's a creep. Um, but there's, like, a lot of, like, things going on. Do they frame him like he's a creep? Like, I hope that this is oh, the, yeah. like, redemption of said creep. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, they, they do make it, like, complicated. Like, so there's um, his neighbor, for example. Um, there's a little boy next door who's mother is in an abusive relationship and he's kind of there for the little boy. So, but it's never framed that like what he's doing is okay. Yes. It's always, this is like a bad guy and it's just like about the story. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, but he's just, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say he's like fucked up. Um, and that means that parts of him are good, but also parts of him are very bad and irredeemable. Yeah. Um, my question was going to be, how do you look this show up? <laughs> what do you, you just mean? look up you. <laughs> you just type in you. You, on Google you Netflix. <laughs> if you type in you in the Netflix, I'm sure it'll come up. Because it, yeah. apparently it's doing really well. <laughs> um, yeah. And someone told no, me... No, I just like, tried. If you if you type you show, it'll come up. So. Let's see. <laughs> Google help with Shaheen. It did come up. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just because the microphone in your phone is listening to us talking about it. So, oh no, I don't have Facebook or Instagram. That's what you think, but you have a Google phone; it's listening to you all the time. Sure, but it doesn't make my ads reflect that. Unlike my coworker who has an iPhone and Facebook and Instagram, I'm still waiting. So, everything we'll talk about like pops up in on her phone, and and so now, like I whispered, I was like, um, "My Little Pony friendship is magic." Twilight Sparkle, <laughs> Apple Jacks. <laughs> um, is she getting My Little Pony ads? I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it to happen. <laughs> I, just, I like this. Please this is report like a back. last week thing. So every day, like I, I kind of whispered to it. So I'm waiting for it to come. <laughs> like I think it's getting, I think it's getting smarter that people are like catching on, so it like delays it a little bit and make sure you like you really have been talking <laughs> about it. Because then if you've really been talking about it, you've probably looked for it. So is that a then, real thing? Your phone hears you. There's a lot of speculation. I mean, this is all like anecdotal, but it's it's creepy that people like, say so sh- that it happens. Yeah, I mean, here's a creepy thing that happened to me the other day. <laughs> I, Signing off with a creepy note. I started. I wanted to order from Amazon, and it was like, so do you want to send it to this address in Arizona that you're staying? I'm like, dude, no. How do you know that? I, oh, that is. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> So that's, I don't know how Amazon knows where I'm staying. That's super creepy, dude. Yeah. I was like, dude, that's kind of convenient, but what is also <laughs> creepy. <laughs> oh, yeah. that is creepy. But I mean, your computer asks you, can I know your location all the time? I'm like, eh, am I on a delivery app? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the listening thing, it does really, like, get me. Um, And, like, my friend was saying, because there's things that she has not searched for, but, like, she's talking to a friend about Mm -hmm. something specific, and then she sees 
ads about it. And it's something that, like, yeah. her friend had brought up. Like, she doesn't, like, care, like, look up or anything. She it's, doesn't care about My Little Pony. I have heard <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. That's well, weird. If any listeners have any more concrete evidence of creepy, creepy shit, please. Yeah. <laughs> Big Do they have their AI active? Like, you know, their Siri or Cortana or Alexa or whatever the heck. I keep I keep uh, Siri off just because I don't find it useful. But we do have a couple of Google Homes in the house, which honestly I just use to play music. I'm just like mm. you know, hey Google, play whatever on Pandora, and like I appreciate that. And then sometimes we'll be like in the living room, and like sometimes you can ask it a question that we'll actually be able to answer, and then sometimes it is completely useless at answering a question. Yeah, I hate when it's like I found those search results online, and I'm like, <laughs> ugh. If I wanted to, to use the internet YouTube playlist, why can't you do that? It's all YouTube or Google products and your Google phone, like get it together. But I love the, have you guys seen that video? If Google were a person that, um, yeah. who I think college humor did it. Um, it's hilarious. And at one point, like, I think it's the second or third video, um, Siri gets in on it. And so this, it's at this girl with a black turtleneck. Like Steve Jobs. Of course. And um, and so the person, so the, the searcher is sitting across the desk from Siri and the Google man. And she goes, um, Serengeti. And then Siri turns to Google and she goes, spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Google's like, that's not what she asked. And Siri's like, spaghetti. <laughs> and then the girl, so then he returns the results. Um, and the lady's like, no, 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 no. Show me pictures of the Serengeti. And Siri turns goes, pictures of spaghetti! Pictures of spaghetti! This it's is hilarious. an accurate representation of why I turned off Siri. Yeah, she's, it's, their voice recognition is not, not good. Not great, Bob. <laughs> um, Google's voice recognition is much better. Yeah. And I knew one of the people who worked on it. So Weird, yeah. weird flex, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not name dropped, name dropped. <laughs> You should what? look up. Um, you should look up a video. Alexa, something, something's cooking in my kitchen. <laughs> Have you seen that? No. No, but here, here's the thing. At the end of this podcast, like when I post it. Um, remind me and I will look for all these links so that listeners who have made it to the end of the podcast without shutting their phone down and throwing <laughs> it in rage um, can watch all of these lovely videos. Yes. Cool. That right. way we know how many people actually get through the podcast. <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> all right. Well, next week we're going to talk about 309 and 3010. Three. Continuing the expense. Three, 310. 310. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. 3010. Um, so Penny Dickery, <laughs> yeah. Um, come yell at us on Twitter. Uh, Twitter. Come yell at Joe on Twitter, and, um, and summon me. And if you have a question for Shaheen, I will bring yeah. him in. <laughs> yeah, summon me, and I'll come and be yelled at. And that's it, guys. Thanks for listening. Maybe geek again. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>